Hey everybody, how y'all doing? Welcome back to another episode of Everybody's Homegirl Podcast with me, your favorite homegirl, Tracy Cass. Today on the show, I have my dear friend, Dr. Yolanda Johnson-Parker. She is a real-life hidden figure. Today we talk about all things math, why she fell in love with math, why it's important for young girls, young black girls especially, to learn and participate in STEM activities and what she really feels like being considered a hidden figure. Anyway, thanks for joining me. Stay tuned for the show. Have a great day. Hey, Yolanda. Hi there, Tracy. How are you? I'm doing good on this hot day. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Sad that it's been, it's better today than it has been for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Because it's been like one day, I think it was 105. (laughs) Luckily, during that time, I was sick. So so you were in the house. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. It's great to see you. You too. Like, uh... I know, right? (laughs) I guess I should tell people who you are and why I brought you on the show. Today, I have my friend and sorority sister, Yolanda Johnson-Parker. And I brought her on here because she is a real-life hidden figure. (laughs) Although she probably doesn't want me to refer (laughs) to her in that way but I did bring on the show because she's a professor of mathematics here at Tarrant County Community College I have to try hard to say that because you know I'm TCJC I slip into that sometimes too (laughs) so I wanted to just bring her on here and pick her brain and talk all things math so just I guess how, how long have I known you now 20 years it's a little more than 20 years, but we'll say 20. <laughs> okay. We, we met at Fort Worth Alumni, right? Right. In 96. Was it that? Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, right. After graduating <laughs> college, we joined, you matriculated from undergrad to an alumni chapter like we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And then we just became fast friends and we've remained friends over the years. But it's funny how you know people, but you don't know people. So doing research on this for this topic, I'm like, I know she's really smart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) But like when I started finding things that I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) she's really smart. I just remember, I think early on, like probably around 2000, you left Fort Worth to go to Dartmouth to get your master's degree. So let's start there, I guess. So give me some background. What, who are you? What do you do? Just give me a little bit and then we'll dig deeper into it. Okay. So I started teaching in 96 at uh, at Morningside Middle School. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, there was a teacher, Alfreda Colvin, who went to Dartmouth to get her master's. And um, And so actually I started at Dartmouth, I think in 98. Mm -hmm. And the thing that attracted me to it was, was in addition to it being an Ivy League, when I was in high school, I had 
been a part of a program called Math and Science for Minority Students, mm-hmm. where I spent every summer at Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts. <clears throat> and in our last summer, they took us on college visits. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just your ordinary college visits. We went to Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, MIT, Tufts. Um, it seems like there was a sixth school. And when and we went to Brown. And so Brown and Dartmouth were the two schools that really um, piqued my interest. And I actually applied to Brown. I didn't get accepted, but, um, but I had applied. And what I remembered about Dartmouth was that it was a beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, very green grass and very, very white buildings. And that mm-hmm. was just what what struck me the most so it was a beautiful campus in addition to it being prestigious and so when when miss colvin said that she had been a part of this program it already piqued my interest i was like sign me up but what was really good about it it was um a program geared towards teachers Mm -hmm. where you could take classes in the summer and not have to quit your job you could take classes for six weeks every summer and and complete it and that's what she did but I ended up leaving Fort Worth ISD and going there full time because they give you six years. I didn't want to I didn't want to take six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I was there, I decided to go ahead and get my my Ph.D. also. And so I ended up going to Illinois State to get my doctorate in math education. And so that's kind of my um, undergraduate. I mean, my graduate journey. And I had every intention of coming back to Fort Worth ISD. I even remember talking to the late Mildred Sims, who was my principal when I left Morningside. And then she eventually became the, um, the director of, of mathematics. And I remember a conversation where she said, we need your brains back here in Fort Worth ISD. And I said, Miss Sims, I'm gonna come back. And I, I never did. And I, I regret that, but every opportunity that I had, I would do workshops and professional development for the teachers. So I did bring my brains back in, in some shape, form, and fashion. <laughs> okay, so I guess my first question is, what even started your interest in math? <laughs> I, I, um, I have my students laughing all the time because I always tell them that I remember kindergarten math. I remember having the books that you tear out the pages, like you do a little, teacher tears out the page, you do the little work and you take it home and mom and dad puts it on the refrigerator or not. <laughs> um, but we, we didn't do all of the problems. And at the end of the year, she was gonna throw the book away. And I remember saying to Ms. Rubicone, you're gonna throw this away? No, give me the book, give me the book. And so she gave, she was like, okay, baby, don't cry. So she gave me the book and I taught my, uh, my stuffed animals math <laughs> over the summer <laughs> with those extra pages. So I just, I remember as early as kindergarten, just loving math and being intrigued by, um, she had, um, what is it? Coffee stirrers. She put 10 coffee stirrers together, wrapped a rubber band around them, and then put 10 groups together, wrapped a rubber band around them. And that was how I learned about place value. And that just, I don't know, it just, it intrigued me. And to this day, I'm intrigued by manipulatives. And I try to bring in tools uh, to teach my students because by the time they get to community, and I know you're going to ask me about TCC, um, but with 
the classes that I teach, um, one of the classes is for, um, for future teachers. Mm -hmm. And so I love exposing them to manipulatives so that they can have a toolbox of different ways to teach students, not just here's the formula or here are the steps you need to do it. But not everybody learns that way. Some students need to have that concrete object to help them learn that abstract concept. And so it's just interesting that my earliest memory about math has to do with manipulatives. And now I have become kind of the manipulative queen. That's what some of my students call me because I will pull things out off the shelves and out of the closets every day just to um, help them help them to solidify the concept so that they can help their future students. So it seems like you had an interest in math and teaching at the same time as a as a kid. So I guess what I want to know is oh it left me. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm listening. It's my my brain that just said blue, (laughs) flew away. (laughs) Um, Who were your mentors? Like who helped shape you along the way? Like, did you have anybody? Because I think people, it's important for people to see, you know, examples Mm -hmm. of people who like for me, I had a favorite English teacher. So that sparked my, you know, I'm like, oh, and she said, okay, you can write. And I believed her. So who yeah. were your inspiration? My one inspiration that, that immediately comes to mind is Jarena Barnes, mm-hmm. who was my freshman English teacher, actually. Oh, okay. And um, I, I did not like English. <laughs> I didn't like English, but um, I I had known Mrs. Barnes for my entire life, but Mm -hmm. that wasn't the reason why she comes to my mind. She, I had her sixth period, last period of the day, and she was so energetic. And I, even though I didn't like English, I loved her love for English. Mm -hmm. And we had this, I went to Pascal and we had this group called Natural Helpers Mm -hmm. and they were peer uh, nominated students and teachers who who people, I don't really know what the official definition of natural helpers was, but these were people that folks felt comfortable to go, go to if they needed a, um, student helpers and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. or, or just, you know, a, a a helper, a, a, um, an empathetic ear, just someone Mm -hmm. who they felt comfortable sharing anything with. And so I remember we had a retreat and at that retreat, Ms. Barnes shared with us that, it was important to her to have as much energy and motivation in her first period class as she did in her sixth period. Um, And so she would have snacks or whatever it was that she needed in order to have that energy so that she could be the same person and not slight the Mm -hmm. students at the end of the day. And, And so I love that she shared that with us and that actually was something that I took into my classroom, especially the munchies part. I used to always have snacks uh, in my class. I had a pillow. There were some students who um, had made a pillow during, uh, do they still have home economics at school? Do they still learn how to sew? Yeah, but they call it something else though. 
Okay. And they do have a period, I think, some parts of it where they still get to learn how to like make pillows and stuff like that. Oh, good, good. So they're still learning that. So the students have made pillows in home economics. And one student, I guess, didn't like her pillow, so she left it in my classroom. But it was perfect <laughs> for me because I used to take a nap in the middle of the day on that wonderfully soft pillow. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved I loved that. And so that's one thing, just to be energetic. Uh at the beginning of the day, just as energetic at the beginning as you are at the end. And and also what I loved about Miss Barnes is that she was petite like me. And whenever I told people that I was going to become a teacher, their immediate reaction was, oh, you're going to make such a wonderful kindergarten teacher. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I don't want to teach kindergarten. I want to teach high school. And I know that I can teach high school because Mrs. Barnes is tiny, just like me. And she was fine. And I'm going to be fine. I didn't end up teaching high school, but I didn't teach kindergarten either. So Ms. <laughs> Barnes was my first mentor. Um, I mentioned Mildred Sims mm-hmm. before. Um, she was another mentor. Every time I would apply for a job, she's the first person who I would call for a letter of recommendation. Um, and she just, I, I just loved the fact that she was such a leader as a principal, but then also a leader um, in math education. And so I just, I valued her opinion. Um, I valued her, her work ethic. I just, she was just a really, a really great person. And I, and I miss her. I really do miss her a lot. And now I also have another mentor, um, Doris Holland, who was the department chair when I first started working at TCC. Mm-hmm. And even though she's retired to this day, I still call her. And it's, it's, easier to call her and talk to her about things because she's not she's she's removed from the situation and so I can really get um, a good honest opinion from her about things that I should do or not do and and moves that I should make and so it's just and I know that she'll be honest with me so it's, it's good to have a mentor someone who doesn't just tell you what you want to hear but what you need to hear so and true. she prays for me too so that's always good Amen. <laughs> so uh I kind of, I might go out of order a little bit, but you said you taught middle school and there seems to be a really big push now for STEM, for, you know, helping girls to learn science, technology, engineering, math, science, that kind of stuff, especially for girls and girls of color. So why does it seem like, why, why is that important, first of all? And then why does it seem like, black kids black girls seem to fall behind in math and science well it's representation matters and so it's just important for it's important for there to be um, a diverse group of people in the stem fields Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of times when people think of stem they may think of so with science um, you may think of maybe a white man in a lab coat and um, with technology, you don't necessarily, it's starting to change, but you don't really think of uh, people of color. Engineering, I, I know a lot of, um, there are a lot of engineers who are um, not necessarily of the majority culture, not necessarily white males, but um, from overseas, you know, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll think of Indians, like from India or, or, or Chinese, um, or, or not just Chinese, but Asian, um, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, um, and then with mathematics, you just, you, it's, it's male dominated, mm-hmm. and so it's good for young girls to see 
other women in those fields so that they can see that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can have some kind of um, maybe a goal to set for themselves. Sometimes people need to see something before they can think of that as um, an aspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to think why I, why I even got interested in, in these fields. I think when I was in high school, most of my math teachers were women. And so that was encouraging to see, okay, a woman can do math, um, can excel in math and, 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 you know, not make it look hard. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, I think that's not something that necessarily I thought of at the time, mm-hmm. but in retrospect, I'm realizing that I, especially the person who comes to mind is my pre-calculus teacher. She mm-hmm. was amazing. She was absolutely amazing, Judy Vick. And so I think it's important for young girls to see people in these careers that you don't necessarily always see African-Americans, especially African-American females, just to know that you can do it and you can um, bring that little flavor to it, (laughs) that Black girl magic that we always tend to bring to things. And that's okay. You know, the odd thing is in high school, all of my math teachers were women. And the math that I remember the most was from my ninth grade algebra one teacher, Miss Sadie Allen Williams. We are friends on Facebook to this day. But if I'm going to help a kid, it's going to algebra one. Anything after that, I'm like, I can't help you. <laughs> but she was good. Like she was stern and fair, but she was hip enough to be like, oh, she's cool. And I mean, I remember just being like afraid, but she would have like little strategies like fall and all of that. That I still remember to this day. Anything else before or after that, I care not. <laughs> but it was really like her enthusiasm for it, I think, because like you, you hated English, I hated math. I'm like, <laughs> I give me a book, I'll read it all day. But her enthusiasm made me excited about it. And so I was wondering, and, and this is just your opinion. Why do you think black kids are so afraid of math? or math and science like what is it about because you know we go to these workshops especially mm-hmm. education is like you know the achievement gap and the, usually the gap is in math and science and we're like always last and it's like a 20 to 30 point difference so I'm like okay what's what do you think it is part of it can be just not relating to it mm-hmm. um the the way that it's presented is abstract and can be dry at times and if so nice I like how you said that (laughs) which is also nice (laughs) but if their interests are piqued then they may be able um to you know just have that point of point of entry and can excel in it one of the classes that I love to teach is statistics and Mm -hmm. It's a, stu- it's a class that students love to hate. But what I love about statistics is that it, it can be applied. Even if my students don't like the class, they can answer the question, when am I going to use this? During the pandemic, I had a student who um, wasn't doing very well in the class, but she said, you know what? I'm looking at the news and they're talking about flattening the curve and Dr. Parker, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> So I was like, good for you. So just 
just in it, just that little bit of, of something piqued her interest to want to learn about the normal curve and normal distribution. And so we are, especially now in a society where it's, it's very visual and, mm-hmm. and you have to grab people's attention in two minutes, three minutes, because I think like TikTok videos and Instagram and, and all of these, um, and Snapchat, all of these things where you immediately have to get their attention and there there has to be that hook that keeps them and and math just sometimes just seems to be dry and um and so with um a project that I'm working on we really are trying to work with teachers to help them come up with tasks that can bring in students interest still not um water down the math because sometimes people think oh, well, I need to get them interested by, by um, dumbing it down. No, 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 no. Keep the, keep the level high, keep the rigor high, but just bring in a high level of interest. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really think that is um, one of the keys and just finding ways to um, make it interesting and concrete. So even if it's not necessarily an interesting problem that they're working on just finding a way to um make it more concrete like i mentioned manipulatives earlier um giving them a way to tangibly see why a concept works the way that it does and that's 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 a start okay you kind of answered my next question question which was how do we bridge the gap and i i believe you're saying find an entry point something of interest to make math more relatable Mm-hmm. where it matters one thing they could talk about is crypto mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't understand that <laughs> but yeah, I haven't. I haven't <laughs> i'm just like it just seems like made up money <laughs> but kids love money so you know mm-hmm. that could be a way but i did want to talk to you and maybe you answered this a little bit in your previous answer you teach we we talked about you teaching at tcc and you teach statistics but you also teach developmental math and you teach math for teachers Mm -hmm. teaching teachers how to teach math Mm -hmm. so what gaps are you seeing in students when they show up in your classes um the first thing is not necessarily a gap it's an attitude Mm -hmm. um it's uh some by the time they are at tcc there have been for, for the for the students who are struggling there have been several years of of maybe not having support maybe not understanding math maybe not being encouraged to do math the way that makes sense to them because mm-hmm. uh, even though there's just one answer in math there can be multiple ways to get to that answer mm-hmm. and so maybe several years of having a teacher that says no you're not doing it right or you need to show it, and I'm one of those show your work teachers. But I'm <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a little more lenient with that. But you know, some students can do things in their head, mm-hmm. and they may not be able to explain it. And so, some teachers like if you can't explain it, then you don't know it. But that's that's not necessarily the case. And so, I think that there have been, for some students, several years of of just math beatdowns. Um, to where they may be a little broken. And so I I call my class math therapy. You know, some days we literally just do some breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. And I just say, take in a deep breath and just tell yourself that you can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of 
some of the um, challenges I think may just be misconceptions, maybe learning things um, or remembering things in a backwards way or forgetting, because I have some students who um, they'll say, oh, it's been so long since I've been in school. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I was in school three years ago. Okay. That's not a long time ago. Do you know how long ago I, I was in high school? But just um, the, the, the gap is just time. Sometimes it's not even the concept, just it's been a long time since they've been in school. And then when they were in school, um, just maybe a little rusty on how they learned it. And and so I try to get at the concept so that they don't continue to have a misconception. So explaining why something works, even though sometimes they don't want to hear it, but explaining why a concept works so that when you're trying to think of it again, you can hopefully remember it in the correct way. So a lot of misconceptions and just forgetting the math are some of the challenges that I see. Okay. And you teach teachers how to teach math. How did you end up doing that? How did you get from teaching middle school math to teaching teachers how to teach math? When I went to graduate school, because I, I did intend on coming back to Fort Worth ISD. I just mm -hmm. went to school just to, just to get um, my doctorate in math education. Um, and when I was, when I first went, I was just trying to learn how to become a better teacher. That was my goal, is just go to graduate school to learn how to become a better teacher. But then I just got caught up in what was expected to be next. So if you have a degree in math education, what's expected next is to go into a college of education and work with education majors. And so that's really how I ended up there. But I, I planned on just becoming a better teacher, but. Hey. <laughs> The best teacher is the teacher of teachers. So I think you accomplished that. Well, hopefully so. <laughs> you talk, you said uh, you kind of treat your class like math therapy. And I did a little research. You did a podcast recently where you said that you have students to create math biographies. What is a math biography and what are some of the, because part of it was you want them to kind of work through some of the tr math trauma <laughs> that they may have experienced. What are some like horror stories about math you've heard? <laughs> well, a lot of it has been um, like where a teacher makes them work problems in the way that the teacher wants instead of the way that the student understands or if they have to do math in front of the class. Um, I cried. <laughs> I, think that, I don't think I ever had any teachers do that and when I hear that I'm just thinking wow that's that's a lot but teachers calling a lot of the horror stories have been teachers calling students out mm -hmm. um but I, I have them to tell me their most memorable experience and so for some of them their most memorable experience is a bad one but for a lot of them, it's a good one where they talk about a teacher who, you know, demystified math for them and encouraged mm -hmm. them or, or they had some successes um, in class or they um, remember getting the highest grade on the time test in third grade. And, you know, that was that was really exciting for them. But in the biography, I have them um, assess 
their level of comfort in math, um, their most memorable, memorable experience. Um, and then I also ask them if they are familiar with a few things that I will be sharing with them, if they're familiar with manipulatives, if they're familiar with culturally relevant teaching um, or cognitively demanding um, math. And so some, a lot of them haven't heard of those terms because they, at TCC, they are getting their Associate of Arts in teaching to mm -hmm. transfer into a teacher preparation program. Mm -hmm. So if they are solely AAT, then they may not have had any education classes. Some students are taking classes both at the university or and at TCC. So they've heard of some of these um, theoretical um, ideas, but I just kind of pick their brain on, on where they are with their level of comfort. And then I, I ask some fun things like, what do you do? Um, what's your hobbies? What do you do in your spare time? What do you want to gain out of this class? So I try to make it light and, and yeah, they, they are very open and very honest in their math biography. <laughs> so what do you love most about teaching math or teaching period? I love the aha moments. I, um, like I said, some students come to, come to me damaged and I love when they say, I finally understand math. Um, um, I, one, I'm, I'll never forget one girl was, was kind of angry. She was just like, if I had learned math this way when I was in school, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in right now. So, I, I mean, I felt bad for her, but I was excited for her because she broke through. So what I, I love are the aha moments. I, I, I beat myself up a lot when students fall through the cracks, when I can't reach a student. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's them and their resistance. And sometimes it's me. I just, I, I'm, I'm always trying to become a better teacher. Even 26 years into the game, I, I'm, I'm still trying to become a better teacher because I, I want to reach every student. I, I don't want anyone to hate math. <laughs> That's a lofty goal, but I don't want anyone to, to hate math. I want everyone to, um, you don't have to love it, but I, I don't want people to be afraid of it. I don't want people to feel like they can't do it. You're making that face. You're just like, mm, honey. <laughs> I'm thinking about like, uh, you know, they have us do data meetings and when we get test results back and having to lead English teachers through math, through really math problems, like looking at data, like we can tell you why a kid failed because we know the kid, we know the person, we know their writing skills, but now you want me to look at a number and tell you the the percent I don't I can't do all that I can tell you about that kid and why that he his voice or his spelling or he has horrible inferencing or he struggles with his short answers I got the story right I have the holistic child you want me to turn that into a numerical story I mean department means we be like and they expect for me to lead them in that and it was like the blind leading the blind <laughs> that is <so> work. <laughs> we and it's work. and it's funny that you say that because in the in the data analysis unit mm -hmm. uh, with the math for teachers, I'll I'll say I know this unit is tough, you all, but this is what you're gonna need to. I'll, I'll pull out the parts. This is what you'll need to know when you are in the classroom. You know this mm -hmm. this little part. I mean, you need to know this for this class, but this is something that you're gonna use when you're in the classroom. They're like, oh, okay. So I'll start listening now. <laughs> and it's like frustrating because usually I hate to say usually but in the past I've had principals who have math backgrounds 
And then they mm-hmm. come with all of this data and expect for you to look at it right then and analyze it right then and come up with results driven strategies. I'm like, first of all, I got to figure out what I'm looking at. That's going to take a day or two. Then I got to analyze. <laughs> That's going to take another day or two, if not a week. Then I need to come up with the plan. So I think uh, it's just, it, takes a, it takes us all. <laughs> we needed you. <laughs> That's funny. And I, I just got excited when you said that. Just, ooh, all those numbers. Just, ooh. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. <laughs> That's funny. So would you say that wanting to uh, everybody to love math, is that your biggest challenge as a t- as a professor or would you have another one um that that would be the challenge get, getting them to because some students level of discomfort leads to anger and it makes me nervous um during some classes you know and so i, I mean i just remember last fall there was a student who was taking a test and she was, she was not failing my class. I want to say she had an A in the class, A or B, but um, she had a lot of stuff going on. And, and that makes me think of the challenge with TCC students, but she had a lot going on um, outside of class. And so during the test, she was throwing her pencil down. And I mean, it was, it was a lot. And so I just, I whispered in her ear, you know this, you know, take a break. If you need to step out, get some water, do that, but you, you're, you're good. I, mm-hmm. I saw how you did on the last test. You're good. You know, just, just calm down. And it turned out her job was not working with her, letting her have fewer hours to be able to study. And so she didn't feel prepared for the, for the test. And she was mad. I think because she knew how well she did on the past test and she hadn't had enough time to study for this one. And she had a young child. So um, a lot of the challenges you know, you asked about challenges earlier. A lot of the challenges don't have anything to do with math. Mm-hmm. It's it's the students that we have. They have a lot. And, and that's something that I always have to remember. So if there's a student who I can't reach, sometimes it's it's because of what's going on in, in their lives. I have a student right now who just has a lot, a lot. Every time she sends me an email, I'm just like, ooh, wow. <laughs> Wow. And, you know, and we talk, we're both moms. And so we, we can talk on that level and I'm trying to encourage her, but, but yeah, a lot of the challenges are not math related at all. And, and my, my heart breaks for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I feel <laughs> well, I guess I'll change focus a bit and talk a little bit about why I brought you on here. And you okay. mentioned earlier about it's important for kids and girls to see to have an example of you know people in STEM and math and stuff and which brought me to the point when you were talking about it I'm like this is odd because we didn't even know about hidden figures I didn't know about that until the movie came back I'm like who and just to think that we're in space because of them and they never got credit for it but a few years ago you were honored as a hidden figure in DFW tell me about that how did it happen who did it what was the story well the the DFW professional chapter of Nesby Mm -hmm. um, on on the heels of the the success of the hidden figures movie um, every year they have a gala 
a scholarship fundraiser gala. And so in 2017, their theme was hidden figures. Mm -hmm. And so what they did was they selected 10 women in the Dallas Fort Worth area um, who were who were movers and shakers in each of the areas, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Um, and we were the guests of honor at their banquet. And, you know, we, we were to invite our friends. So, I mean, it was a fundraiser. So they wanted us to tell people <laughs> about it and come and buy a ticket uh, to the banquet. And it was, what was amazing about it was, I was just in awe of the other ladies. Mm-hmm. I was just, oh my gosh, there was uh, one one of the ladies, I, I don't know if she invented, but I'm going to say that she did. She invented or was on the team to invent a robotic arm that um, is instrumental in, I'm probably getting this all wrong, but instrumental in like surgeries and with breast cancer patients or whatever. So she's the bomb.com. <laughs> And then there, um, I mean, they all, all of them just had amazing stories, but the robotic arm was the one that, that got me. But what I loved about it was we're still friends to this day. Oh, like cool. right afterwards, we formed a group me mm-hmm. and we were always talking on the group me. And it's kind of um, dwindled off a little bit now. I mean, that was five years ago, but I just, I love the sisterhood, the the bond that that we formed. Uh, One of the ladies wrote a a book and invited several of the the ladies to contribute to her book. And it's it's, uh, going to be part of the Smithsonian uh, Library. So, I mean, it's just, I I really loved, um, I love the recognition. I mean, everyone likes to to, to be recognized, of course, but I, I loved the fact that we, we kind of fangirled off of each other. Like all of us were doing amazing things. And it was just, I was honored to be in, in the mix. <laughs> I love it. And you mentioned a book. You're also featured in a book. Is this the same book, Women Who Count? Or it is is that a- it's, it's a different book. So um, Women Who Count, actually, I went to graduate school at Illinois State University, mm-hmm. and Shelly Jones, uh, Dr. Shelly Jones, wrote Women Who Count, and she featured uh, historical women, so the, I don't think I have a copy of, of the book, but women who were the first Black women to get PhDs in mm-hmm. math. You know, you, I, I, had no idea that there was someone who had gotten a PhD way in the early 1900s in, mm-hmm. in, in mathematics. So she had a section on his historical um, rock stars. I, that's what I'm going to call them. She had a section on hidden figures, and then she had a section on con- contemporary um, women who are, are uh, achieving things. And so she included me in the contemporary, uh, the contemporary group. And it was just another one of those things where I was I was just in awe uh, to be in the mix, to just uh, really be amongst some really amazing women. And she said she's going to work on another one. So we'll see. I have some people to suggest for her to put in the book. But the, the book is, what she has is a bio of each woman and then one or two math activities that goes with uh, the woman's career or oh. their interests. And it's it's geared towards 
third through eighth grade students. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things, anyone who um, looks at my social media in March knows that I love Pi Day. And Pi Approximation Day is coming up in July. And so she has, and you laughing. Yeah, you've seen some <laughs> of my pie posts. And so the activity for me is a pie activity. It like is a pie. It's a number, mm. a number search and you color in the little pie. So I was like, oh, thank you for, I'm the pie lady. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> pie and palindrome day. That's what I remember from you. Yes. Like, what is a palindrome? <laughs> yes. And it's so funny because um, sometimes I forget and I, I'll get a post, someone will tag me and say, Yolanda, it's a palindrome day. Oh, okay, thank, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> That's funny. So how does it feel like to know people admire you and recognize your expertise? It is funny that you say that because I don't feel it. That's not mm. something that I don't think about it. I don't say, hello, I'm Yolanda Parker and I'm a hidden figure, <laughs> right? <laughs> Bow down, kiss the pinky, um, pinky finger, a uh, pinky ring. But I just don't, I'm just me. I just do me. Um, there, there was an award that I got at TCC mm -hmm. and, um, and someone interviewed me about getting the award. And I think I probably should have made a bigger deal about it in in that interview, but it 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 wasn't something that uh, I don't. That's just that's just not me. I don't I don't pump myself up. I appreciate that what I'm doing is recognized and admired. Um, I just I always see there's more to do. I always see there's more work. There's there's more to making me the me who I want to be, and there's more work that needs to be done in math. And so I just, I just hit the grind and just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So any words of advice for someone who might be afraid of math or who might be considering a career in math or considering teaching math? So for the, the fear, um, one of the things that I love about this horrible situation we've been in the past two and a half years with the pandemic. One of the things that I love is that there's a lot of things that, a lot more things at people's fingertips. There's um, technology has, has made the world a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. And so you may not have anybody around you who's good in math, but there's someone who is a click away, mm -hmm. either a YouTube video away, um, Khan Academy is a, a place or some, some place. I, I, I don't know if I need to say name brands or whatever. Oh. <laughs> okay. Not making but, any money yet. You are so might come back and get me later. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like I gave y'all free advertising. Right. <laughs> but there are so many resources that are out there, um, depending on the type of, of learning that you are, but the world has gotten so much smaller. So you can reach somebody on the other side of the world that can help you if there's no one around you that can help you. Um, and so anyone who, who is fearful in math, I would just encourage them to seek out resources, um, maybe tell someone, and they may know someone who knows someone who knows me. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but 
just seek out resources. And someone who is interested in um, a career in math or in teaching math, um, I make myself vulnerable. Um, I don't mind letting myself grow. I don't mind. Now, I, I, one of the things that I don't like is someone who thinks that they know it all and that they have arrived and they have meet, reached it, made it, and kind of condescending mm -hmm. to other people who don't understand. And so anyone who's going to be teaching math, I just hope that they are empathetic to those students that have that fear and find a way to nurture them, find a way to continue to, and it's, it's hard because you have the students who are really strong and meet that challenge. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where there are the students that need that boost. And so just finding a way to, to do both, mm -hmm. to encourage and push those higher achievers to, to even achieve more but then also bring in bring it into the fold the people who you're trying to convert to the the math the people side. who snatched the paper and said let me see your answer that <laughs> right those people <laughs> don't be me that's hilarious okay so we're gonna wrap up i got a couple of questions questions to ask you and then i will let you go because I know you're very busy being a mom so a what is your superpower other than math yes how old is your son now he is four. Oh yeah you gotta keep him entertained oh my gosh oh my gosh yes so okay so you said superpower and if it is not obvious talking my <laughs> I love to talk I when you when you said that before I would just like, what will I say is my superpower? Because I do always just say math. But um yeah, I That's will talk good. to anybody about anything teacher. for any length of time <laughs> in any language. If I know a little bit, I will never I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I, know right. time. I will never forget I was in Cancun with some friends. Um I forgot what birthday it was, but mm -hmm. I was there for my birthday. And all I knew was Aura is me cumpleaños. That was all I knew. And I, my friends went into the ice cream shop to get some ice cream. And I, for whatever reason, I didn't want any. So I was sitting outside and there was a guy sitting next to me. And I said, Aura is me cumpleaños. And he said <laughs> something to me. You don't know. I was like, no say. But we were, and he didn't really know English. I didn't really know Spanish, but we were just really talking. And when my friends came out, I said, what took y'all so long? And they said, well, you were having a conversation. So we thought you were okay. I said, you don't understand that that conversation was a struggle, <laughs> but we were really talking. <laughs> I mean, it was like, she, I don't know what she's saying and she doesn't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but we were just smiling and nodding. And used, I used a little bit of Spanish. I knew he used a little bit of English. He knew and we were it really made it work. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so talking is my superpower. So what is your kryptonite? I don't know. I don't know. I have okay. to, I just, I, I, I have to think, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> okay, that's fine. You may not have one. So I asked this question this season and I've explained it before. So people, if you hear me and you're like, oh, she keeps explaining it. Yolanda doesn't know why I'm asking this question. Okay. I uh, listened to a podcast probably in February with Will Smith. And he said that a lot of people want love, but they don't really know how to define love, for, if not even for themselves. So, you know, it's hard to give what you don't know how to, you know, explain. So how do you define love? Wow. That is... An interesting question. I love, in some respects, love is one of those things where you can't say what it is, but you know it when you see it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe love is a feeling. Love and not not the ooh, ooh, I mushy mm -hmm. feeling, but a feeling of comfort. Mm -hmm. um a feeling of security um and mutual mm -hmm. I'm I'm comfortable with you you're comfortable with me and not a settling kind of comfort but I can be myself mm -hmm. um it's um security um like all kinds of security mm -hmm. the emotional physical financial spiritual all kinds of security so I mean it's just it's it's a it's a feeling okay it's a feeling I yeah. love that that was that was the most comprehensive answer I've had so far oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I like it <laughs> well all right <laughs> well I want to thank you for coming and indulging my whimsical <laughs> request to be on the show i appreciate it i've learned so much it was interesting i enjoyed it and i hope you did too and i hope you come back when they honor you again as they surely will yay or you can um my my little son's a perform no i'm just kidding no <laughs> my, listen my i'm bringing my own <laughs> well thank you and have a great day thank you Well, that's it, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the show. Join me next week and all the weeks after. Remember to visit me on social media. I'm on Instagram as Tracy J. Cass, and I'm on Facebook as author Tracy J. Cass. Also, make sure you visit my website, TracyJCass.com, to purchase my books, Labor of Love, and the most recent release, All That Matters. I promise you they will not disappoint you. Tag a friend, let them know I'm out there, and make sure to subscribe. Share with a friend and give me a five-star review. Thanks again. See you next week.